Welcome. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D Show broadcasting live from our quarantined homes. We're actually, we shouldn't be quarantined anymore. They're opening the state up. So I've seen you in person, Bob. I know you I, exist. I, I, yeah, I know. Bars are open until two in the morning now. I guess they're all posting new hours. This is your host, Bob Waltenspiel, along with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week, Jer Stays, Daily Detroit. We're going to be talking about everything from podcasting to media to all the goofy stories going on this week. Follow us online, itinthed.com. And do us a favor, give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. Right about now, this is when Dave would be talking about meetups. But right now, um, what I want you to do, I don't care if you're drinking soda, pop, wine, whatever, um, raise a toast to the one and only Dave the Geek Phillips. We miss you, brother. Wish you were here. Cheers to you. As I'm drinking Aquavit, the stuff is awful, Randy, but I do appreciate the sentiment. Oh, it's so good. Jerry and I, I both it, love it. It's good and it's horrible at the same time. Right. Um, this is about the time when Dave would talk about meetups. Guess what? We are back third Thursday in June. We're in June. So guess what that means? Nancy Whiskey's on the patio. Um, I got a surprise for Uh-oh. you guys. One of the dreams that I've had for about 15 years is it has come to fruition. A company actually made... Uh, we're doing business card list networking, really? and uh, I got a little RFID dot dot card. Nice, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited to uh, tap people's phones and not hand out business cards and not come home with thirty business cards. So, um, the, it is, the it's big... amazing to me that this thing hasn't happened sooner. I mean, come on, business cards all over the place, you lose them, all that stuff. No, I think it's a couple people have tried. I wanted to do something a long time ago with like location-based networking, pulling in LinkedIn API. I wanted to write an app and kind of like a, it could be for networking or dating or whatever, just saying, Hey, here's where I am and kind of broadcast that out. And if, you know, I'm looking for a Java developer and then that buzzes, you know what I mean? Hey, there's two of them here. Then you send a virtual handshake, you know what I mean? It's like crap like that or like an icebreaker. Um, but it's, you know, I don't want to spend $250,000 to write an app that I don't know if it's going to be good or not. So <laughs> here we are with my dot dot card, and I'm actually more excited about it because it uses the tap to pay on the back of your phone, and you just tap your card to it, and then it blasts all your contact info. So now instead of coming home with 30 business cards, you'll come home with 30 people's contacts in your phone that you don't know what to do with. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the bomb that dropped for me this week is there's a book that came out called it's a star wars book called star wars archives and it's like a 200 dollars hardcover like a basically the encyclopedia of all time well thank you to the folks that uh, are on the youtubes and not me for you know finding the parts that were good um but apparently they they dropped the lines where were what lucas wanted to see in episode seven through nine and it is nothing like what we got and it Ooh. made me angry yet excited so Really, what what he wanted to start it off with was the the end of The Mandalorian where Luke picked up Grogu was supposed to be the start of Episode 7. And he was going around collecting, like, the the three-year-olds to train them in his Jedi Academy, right? This was was part of all the books, too. Um, Some of them are canon. They're all not now since Disney. But then the whole, you know, the Solo twins, um, one of them was supposed to turn into Rey. The other one was was, uh, Kylo Ren. And then basically, you know, it was uh, Maul. Darth Maul was survived, you know, or got his spider legs and basically was leading all the, everyone in the underworld. And it was like, and then he had an apprentice, which was a girl. I got, I totally forgot her name. Um, totally awesome looking like a Darth Maul uh, uh, woman. And it was, that was basically going to be the whole story. Um, like kind of a couple parallels going on. And Luke wasn't supposed to be this bumbling fool and, you know, throwing away his lightsaber, not wanting to... So they, like, completely rewrote and trashed the whole... Everything that Lucas had envisioned. And now I'm looking at this going, what an amazing freaking... So now it's funny, though, like, Filoni and Favreau are pulling them all these stories and the, 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 the canon back in. That just um, tells me they're going to start driving the bus in a different direction, and I would be fine with it. Well, you Favreau know? was... Or Filoni was just promoted. He yeah, and they're, and, they're kick, and they're kicking out Kennedy for, as far as I'm concerned. So now they have the the uh, Boba Fett uh, series coming at the end of this year, then Kenobi next year. Um, they're talking about a, a, a Luke Skywalker uh, miniseries as well, 
Ahsoka Tano coming out. I mean, I th- and they're pulling everything back in, with, which was supposed to be, and kind of righting the wrongs. But God, what could have been like you just you know, especially on the original timeline, it would have been so much better if not have to go through those. I, mean, I did not like seven through nine. I'll just be very honest with you. Like I, I was middle of the trilogy is great, but then it just started to fall off on the, on the and the and seven through nine. And I, what do you think about TV series versus movie per- format? Um, after Mandalorian, man, uh, the jury's out. Or, I mean, I don't care anymore. Just give okay. me. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give oh, and that vault oh. is so cool. Like, all the tech behind the vault to make the Mandalorian work. It's just amazing. I don't know if you've seen the behind-the-scenes stuff with that. Well, but not only that, it's the... They're giving us stuff we've never seen, like watching, like, an IG-88 droid fight. Um, Boba Fett actually being a badass and not a buffoon. Um, you know, uh, God, what the hell is that stupid snake in series... Uh, Two episode one that you saw all you saw was the skeleton of it, but they actually mm-hmm. brought it to life in Mandalorian. Someone's gonna yell at me about not knowing the name of that. Uh, <laughs> well, but like they're, they're giving us stuff we've never seen, and it's just you know, I'm 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 kind of thankful, you know. Again, uh, my joke, my running joke is I could watch. They could have a whole series with Star Wars people playing cards for two hours, and I would totally watch it and go like, "This is amazing." <laughs> so like, I'm a bad one to judge good and bad. I'm so I'm like I'm just thankful. Um, you know, yeah, I can't do it better. So it's kind of like, you know, if you can't make a better uh, steak, then eat what the restaurant's got or shut your pie hole, you know, <laughs> just, but I can make better steaks. So, um, Jer, what's your take on, uh, Amazon buying MGM? They got to do something. They overpaid, but they got to do something. I mean, Amazon, it's got the power of all of those prime subscriptions, everything else, but you've got to have the content. The content's so crucial right now. And the reality is, is that people are subscription hopping. What they're doing is saying, okay, I'm going to do two months this, one month that. If this series is the thing I really want, then they're going to go ahead and subscribe for it, which is, a, I think, a different way than I think some people planned when everything was going to be unbundled. People thought maybe we would do a bunch of ser- – people would just keep a bunch of different subscriptions. But so many people now are just hopping like – they're just saying, oh, well, you know, when it was Game of Thrones was the hot thing, then I'm going to do HBO Max. And then – you know, whatever's on uh, Hulu, I'm going to do that. And they're bouncing around. So you got to have the good content, the must-see content where someone's like, all right, those episodes I get, they're worth the whatever, 10 bucks, give or take a month to be a part of this. See, I think eight, eight and a half billion dollars, it's basically two Star Warses. And to get the entire MGM catalog, I think they got a bargain. I'm not going to lie, compared to what everything else is costing these days. That's interesting because um, those back catalogs, you know, there's been different inv- uh, analyst interpretations, some on your side, some thinking that they overpaid. But people forget the value of all of that back catalog, all the great stuff that they it's picked four, up. It's 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows. What are so you want to talk about making it, though? What's that? What are the big properties that you get, though? There's not a whole lot. They get James Bond. Well, the weird right? thing, that was the weird part of it was that you get James Bond, but James Bond is still going to be in the in the uh, theaters. Um, so not everything's going to prime. Um, and you look at some of the movies that prime's coming out with lately, the, the Tom Clancy one with uh, Michael B. Jordan, dude, that's as good as any movie I've seen in the last two years. Okay. You guys are going to laugh, but like the things, some of the things that they, uh, the TV franchises they've bought, they've got, you know, the handmaid's tale, which is one of those critically acclaimed kind of deals. Uh, you've got Teen Wolf, you've got Stargate, you've got The Real Housewives. I know none of us watch The Real Housewives, but that is the kind of stuff that, you know, drives tons of engagement. That has a huge audience behind it. Stuff like The Voice, Shark Tank. You know, it's not necessarily as much of the highbrow content, but it's stuff people consume. And they might not always admit they do, but they'll sit there for hours. Dude, and just people watch my 600-pound life, that, that weird dating show with the guy with no neck. I forget what the hell that was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my 90 day fiance or whatever. All right. So um, what's your TV guilty pleasure? Dude, I, I, right now I'm watching so much like rando YouTube. I'm not even watching TV anymore. Okay. Um, Dave used to always make fun of me for watching my super sweet 16. So I was like, <laughs> like bratty whiny kids that like bitch about the wrong color BMW. That shit always made me laugh. Um, I watch a ton of food network. Um, my, my entire DVR thing is all professional wrestling and Shark Tank, and uh, and uh, Guy Fieri. So like, oh, I'm know, on I, I'm on Team Guy Fieri 100. percent I know people yeah. like to rag on him, but man, he's done so many good things, and he highlights all these like small businesses. And you know me, I'm a big fan of a dive bar and all yeah. kinds of that kind of stuff. 
he hasn't been he hasn't been to a diner or a dive in a long time. Most of the places are all the uh, the fancy, you know what I mean, scratch oh, made yeah. places. But I mean, he just raised helped raise like two hundred and fifty million dollars, like uh, for the small business fund or whatever. Yeah, people that trash on him, that guy does so much good for yeah. for communities and for um, for all that. But like, I guess the films are so they own the Rocky. Then there's like they put That's in weird one. ones like Legally Blonde, who gives a shit? Uh, Poltergeist, RoboCop, Silence of the Lambs. Tomb Raider, Pink Panther, James Bond. So I mean, the movies I think are weak. When you look at it, Legally Blonde is. They're all but there's a third one coming out. And I think there's a new Creed one coming out. So. No, the Rockies and Creeds are great. Yeah, yeah, and like Legally Blonde, there's people behind that. I mean, RoboCop. I was just listening to people talking about RoboCop today because obviously, I mean, it's Detroit, but. You know, it's the kind of movie that no one's ever going to forget RoboCop and they're always going to rewatch it. And I wonder if they're going to go ahead and take these things and spin them into new things. Right. Like that's really the the potential in a deal like this. They right? tried RoboCop, Jer, and it was the biggest pile of hot garbage I've ever watched in oh, my yeah, entire life. Um, speaking of hot garbage, um, I was in Florida last week and you always wa- when you watch movies on a plane, it's a different experience than watching at home. Because you're completely immersed, you have no phone, you're not talking to anyone, you have your headphones in, and you're dialed into a movie, right? I watched this movie called Unhinged with uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, good. I'm glad I watched the right one. I saw another movie from a few years ago with uh, Unhinged as the title as well. And I'm going to spoiler alert it, because this is the worst movie (laughs) I think I've ever seen in the history of my life, and that's saying a lot. Basically, as the story goes, this woman beeps at a guy who doesn't go through the green light. The movie starts off with um, Russell Crowe uh, hitting a guy in the head with a hammer at the front door and then lighting the house on fire and then getting in his car. So now Russell Crowe's at a red light. It turns green. He doesn't go through the green light, so a woman beeps uh, her horn. Well, he ends up road raging her, follows her to a gas station, follows her to a diner, sits with her, and basically says, you, you want to know what it's like to have a bad day? I'll show you then proceeds to go murder her entire family. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm going to murder your child. She murdered her, like, brother, mom, like, goes to these houses and just starts slaughtering people, kills people in the middle of the day, and he's, like, on the news, and he's... But, like, no cops are chasing him, but he's like, here's the killers on the news, because he did it at some... And then at the end of the movie, like... I don't even know what happened at the end. Of the, it was such a bad, like it was this, it was the worst attempt at trying to remake a falling down movie, but falling down, you completely empathize with. And this guy was like, wait, what? And they never explained what, like she ended up driving off at the end of the movie. And it was just like, I must've missed the part at the beginning. Like why he killed those people. They never said, Oh, okay. They never explained anything. Like at least falling down. He wanted to get home. I just want to go home. You know, and he missed his ex-wife and his kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you could empathize with that. And they can't get can't get breakfast at ten thirty one. Dude, we all been there. We all want to. We all want to burn the place down, and we can't get our egg McMuffin. Now you can, but because it's twenty four hours. But actually, I ran into a McDonald's. It was not twenty four hours yeah. breakfast over the weekend. I was very depressed about it because in the middle of the weekend, I, for some reason, I just wanted a McGriddle, but it was a little late. And the, the McGriddles one I went are to, good. They're so good. Whatever they do and like merging the maple into the pancake tops mm-hmm. and putting together. I'm not saying this is healthy, but it's good. See, now, you know what Burger King should come up with is there. I love their French toast dicks. I call them um, <laughs> to make a French toast dick sandwich with sausage and cheese. Instead of having the three individual, just make it one. That would be the money. Oh, yeah. Burger, I know Burger King listens. So if you're listening, make it <laughs> the king right now. I don't know if you know this, but he's texting Randy. Because Randy knows the king. Little known That's fact. What Randy, tweet Burger at Burger King, make a McGriddle sandwich, but with French toast dicks, and say it just like that, too. <laughs> well, that would also go with the domain that Randy bought the other week. Yeah, he <laughs> likes sporting goods. Yes, he loves that sporting goods store so much. Even, I don't know how much of an outdoorsman you know that Randy is, and how much that he enjoys getting into a tight canoe. If you don't know, ah, uh, no, he doesn't. He, he's celebrating, no. Speaking of which, happy uh, happy Pride Month to everybody. I was going to say in the beginning, and I totally forgot. So uh, cheers to June. And actually, it should be the rest of the year, too. But happy Pride Month to everybody. Um, 
Yeah, because uh, Randy, if you didn't follow, don't follow him on Facebook. Randy, uh, we were drunk at, at uh, Nancy Whiskey, and he bought ILikeDicks.com. So I said, you know, I go, yeah, I, I like going there. They have a great shoe selection as well. And that's not what Randy meant. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, I saw a little clip on – I always like the the sleepers that you're missing on Netflix. And they once in a while, they'll bring out like an old movie that you never heard of, and it's like really good. Um, if you haven't seen Sabotage yet on Netflix – with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's got like Sam Worthington. Randy, what do you think about it? Because I freaking loved it. Um, about halfway through, it started to become obvious what was going on, but there was so much gore that was that was blood great everywhere. It's beautiful. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it's well worth the watch because you know we're running out of crap to watch because we have to watch Who Killed Sarah with subtitles. Um, so like just to get a movie that's actually English. I was uh, not, uh, but it was, uh, I thought it was great. Uh, see, I didn't, it, that surprised me at the end. I honestly, honest to God, there was a couple twists. It's just one of those good whodunit, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I really appreciate it. And the dumbest one of all time, I saw the trailer for it. And this is going to piss me off more than anything because I hate time travel movies because they're always stupid. Oh. Is the Tomorrow War? Have you seen the trailer for this, Jer? No, I haven't. Tomorrow War. Okay. Randy, did you watch it by any chance? No, I didn't even so, hear it. So basically, there's an alien invasion in the U.S. in like the year 2050, 60, 70, whatever. And they don't have enough people to fight the aliens. So they open up a time portal and grab people from like now to fight. Okay, that's oh, wow. interesting. No, this is my take again. So when you knew the alien, let's say the aliens are coming out of that hole in the sky or that whatever. you Couldn't you go back like two weeks? And just like aim like three thousand nukes at that hole, then when they come out, then they're all dead. Instead of having to go, it just seems like a stupid thing to do to go. It's kind of like a Terminator. Why didn't you just wipe out, go into like the eighteen hundreds where they can't fight back and just like kill them? Hopefully, they explain that. I, I'm watching the trailer on silent. Of course, they've got Chris Pratt. Of course, right? Guardian, Guardian of the Galaxy guy. Like, I'm like, is this? You know, when people start doing movies that are kind of like the movie they had before, have like some little tangential like. Met, like theme tie and then they just milk that forever and i was like oh of course it's chris pratt it just it was just one of those things it was like when uh oh god was it pierce brosnan did the the crown affair or whatever after doing the james bond movies yeah thomas like, crown yeah yeah thomas crown it was like just just a little bit over just a little bit over we're going to be doing galaxy we're going to be doing tomorrow time travel Speaking but, of that, Marvel just released like up until like what was it June twenty twenty three? Yeah, all the movies that are coming out, and you're like every basically every three months for the next three years, Marvel's coming out with something. It's on the like, field, like hit them fast and hit them hard. Gimme, 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 gimme. Well, now that the theaters are open without masks, um, I forget who sent me the article, but it was like the theaters now open for people that are vaccinated or people that are liars. Yeah. We're looking at you like, you know, it's a little condescending, but you know, the theaters are now open. Like I said, bars are open. I'm a, I'm a happy, happy guy. Um, one of the stories that threw me a curveball, and I thought it was a great share and you're not surprised by it. Cause we talked about this beforehand. The fact that Vizio, the TV manufacturer, the cheap TV manufacturer, uh, the reason why the TVs are cheap because they make just as much from selling that television as they do selling your ad adds to you and your data you know I, big data is so important that's what every investor pitch is talking about nowadays i i i'm not surprised it creeps me out i don't like it you know i'm somebody who really leans towards the privacy side myself even though i know that you know they've got a, a phone in our pocket at all times but you know it's it's just stunning to me it reminds me a little bit of back in the day uh, when you'd buy computer towers and they'd be stuffed with all kinds of like whatever bloatware, program yep. bloatware if you bought it from from Best Buy it would be just like this little random game and this other thing and then you come to find out that everybody's like paid fifty cents or a dollar or whatever to like get them in front of you and it was just kind of just kind of like oh let's just make this experience kind of kind of but I don't like again what data we always talk about like oh, people are you know like I'm I'm thinking or listening going. Like who gives a shit? Like what? What data? Like is it just what's on? I guess what your habits are, what you're watching. Because if you look at my TV right now, with, between all the apps on the bottom, you know, having a smart TV, mm-hmm. um, you know, have, putting an Xbox on, you know, like again, what you know, targeted ads. I don't get what it would be selling, but I, I guess they know more than I do. 
with what they're doing with their data. It's not just what you watch, but they can actually link this to other profiles. So you have your email address. You sign into these services to watch. So you have your email address linked to your Facebook account, so they can just link, link to my to Samsung. So it signs go. in. Yep, it shows exactly. yeah, welcome. And, it, um, and it's all data points that all come together. You know, Th- that's the thing that people don't realize. Oh, and it's actually kind of easy to triangulate who somebody is. There's actually been a number of reports. Supposedly, this is all supposed to be anonymized data, right? Uh, but there, there's been a number of reports where you can triangulate and go, well, this is user eight six fourteen thirty two thirty two six forty five. Right, and then figure out all of those habits together because what they're doing is tying it all together to then auction that out off because advertising has changed so much in the last few years, last decade, where it's all a real-time auction uh, on these kind of properties. And then that auction is driven by, oh, you know, Bob likes suits with checks on them. I'm going to try to go and sell him some of those kind of suits or, you know, random. Bob watches fart videos all the time. Right, um, so that whatever that is, what what was that stuff that you poop like a unicorn that had the infomercial? Oh, the, the squatty guy? potty? Yes, so they're going to sell Bob squatty potties. And I bought one. Yeah, you no, did? I'm, I'm the worst. Did you? Not the stool, but the, the poop emoji plunger. I have to. I had to have that. They got you. There you go. So my, my downstairs bathroom, the one when you walk in the front door and there's immediately the bathroom, I have a poop emoji plunger. I have a five stars out of five stars would poop here again sign on the on the wall that my wife is so fond of, and then I also <laughs> and one time when I was drunk I bought a it's a Japanese uh, stuffed animals so it's a uh, poopy and uh, and uh, toilet paper a little plushies, so yeah. Speaking of um, speaking of poo, um, Hyundai apparently is running a car that runs on shit. And I have, and I don't know if this is like some Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, like not shit energy. Um, <laughs> but you know, of course, that they're writing it saying this smells like a bad idea. And if you look at the car, it's like got you know a poo emoji on the side of it. It's like they're trying to be funny about it. Um, and it's their electric car, which I don't. But it's powered by poo. Yeah, like, it's a they're hy- not even it's, being. Yeah, it's the hydrogen from the sewage plant. In uh, Orange County, California, apparently. But the fact that they're doing powered by poo, you'd think they'd be like powered by methane or, you know, at least be a little eloquent about it. Yeah. Remember that time? What is it? A couple of years ago, you, me and Dave were laughing about uh, the the poop water. Yeah, yeah. Free press. Yeah. It's all been downhill since that story. <laughs> Instead of saying sewage water, they had to say poop water in the free press. Um yeah, basically the the little plant that they're doing, reusing the waste, it's saving like a million bucks, which isn't that big of a deal. But it's got the electricity to power four thousand homes for an entire year. Wow! But like this, it's car buzz, and they they're, they're describing it as poo power doesn't all keep your cars on the road. It also helps run our two largest wastewater treatment plants. Like you can't, you really can't use like the medical. Not that I care because it made me giggle reading it. Well, I mean, everybody's trying to everybody's trying to break through. I mean, remember biodiesel and all of that stuff and garbage and yeah, yeah, and like grease from restaurants or something like. Oh no, used oil from restaurants. That's right. What happened to that? Because I remember that was huge for like six months. I think we realized a bunch of other things were more efficient. I mean, I'm sure there's people there who are uh, very passionate about it, and I mean, it works. Like the technology can work, but. On the, the the issue always comes with scale, right? And that's why electric's starting to make you know uh, some headway. You know, it, it's gone from you know just up to one or two percent of the market, but it's starting the, to to gain traction because the cars are sexy now. The the cars are sexy now, Jared. That's why. Oh yeah, they don't look like Chevy Bolts or whatever the hell that garbage car was, and like little Priuses. They actually like the Volkswagen and the Mustang. I guess Ford's coming out with an F. I had a great lunch today. He's, he bought a Tesla, but the Ford's coming out with an F-150 called the Lightning. Yep. Um, the Hummer's coming out all electric. So, like, you know, Rivian, like, they're coming out with cars that are, like, that, you know, us uh, dirty Americans want, which <laughs> isn't little teeny toy cars, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's always it makes toy cars run very well. But the thing is with trucks that people don't realize, if you can harness the power of, elect- of electric, the torque on those things is so intense. And one of the things I learned uh, since the F-150 reveal was that their their battery range is actually with a thousand pounds in the back, which is wow. really impressive. Right. And once they crack that code, 
everyone, once you crack that charging or your fast charger with them, they're actually going to be doing, I think, dual chargers, if I remember correctly. But if you can crack that code with a truck application with that amount of torque, you can change the game when it comes to towing, hauling, like heavy, heavy work duty stuff. If they can crack that code. And I think the F-150 is a first step in that. I don't know if it's the right one if you're a contractor. It's more of you have an F-150 because you like to drive a truck and then maybe you pull you know, a fifth wheel or you do a thing every once in a while or you move right. a friend. Um, another thing I thought was really impressive about the F-150 over the Tesla technology is you don't need a battery wall. The car will actually backfeed straight into your house. Okay. Which is really cool. So you could power your house for three days. I mean, give or take, right? Your mileage may vary with these kind of things. But you could actually power your house, they're saying, for three days off of the truck going the other direction, which is really cool because you don't want to have to buy a whole new, like, $10,000 battery or whatever. Generac, yeah. Yeah, Generac or even the Tesla Powerwall. That's a bunch of money. If you can just plug in your car when the thing goes, when things go belly up, that's really easy, right? Like that that makes a ton of sense. And it doesn't mean that you have to hold on to a bunch of other stuff. And I'm thinking specifically down in Texas and all the stuff that they had with their, uh, with their power issues with the storm, with all yep. that kind of stuff. That would have been real useful. No doubt. Um, yeah. And then, um, the guy I had lunch with, he's, uh, he said they're coming out with plaid speed, apparently, for your Tesla, which can go 0 to 60 in like 1.9 seconds. Um, you know, it, they're going by Spaceballs references because of ludicrous speed. <laughs> um, and apparently when you hit plaid, the dashboard goes into plaid. So I'm like, you know what? Thank you for at least having a sense of humor and not making stuff so freaking dry in corporate world. Um now you talked about privacy earlier. This is, I think, the last story we're going to talk about before we jump into your, your stuff. Um, but apparently, did you see the new opt-out with Amazon, where your devices are now connecting to neighbors' devices mm-hmm. if they're getting bad internets? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's like the corporatization uh, of the mesh network idea, right? Like Comcast we're... tried it, and and I think everybody's in the com. Nobody really complains about the Comcast thing, and now. Any Alexa, Echo, Ring, any Amazon device, um, it's go, happening on June 8th. Um, it's called Amazon Sidewalk, and it's going to be a, a mesh where you share your internet bandwidth with your, with your neighbors. Wow. I mean, that's one way to get some more throughput going on because, I mean, you got so many devices connecting to stuff. Now, I've got all kinds of other, you know, issues with, with that kind of thing. I mean... But because the thing is, to me, is most people are not going to secure their network. I mean, so many people still have their default passwords or whatever they were assigned with. And they'll just end. Most people will just end up being a part of this. And we'll never really have a discussion about whether or not like a general discussion beyond, you know, a show called IT and the D. um, A general discussion of is this the way that we really that we really want to go? People who are worried about privacy and, you know, they have some concerns about that. But on the other hand, Amazon is everywhere you know i know people go ahead oh i said my big issue with it um really doesn't have to do with the technology um but it has to do with the fact that it's opt out only instead of Mm. opt in so it's automatically june 8th the switch is flipping um and it's your responsibility Mm -hmm. to turn it off not your responsibility to turn it on if you would like to enjoy it and that's always that's always i think the worst way from a consumer point of view to do things right like it doesn't respect the consumer it makes you it, it's like the company telling consumers oh you you can't make a decision for yourself you right i'm just gonna do this for you let me pat you on the head yeah yeah so basically um what you got to do it's five steps so it's pretty simple actually opening open your alexa app um opening more and selecting settings go to account settings select amazon sidewalk and turn that son bitch off mm. so and i haven't even used my alexa app in so often i have one i can't but here's my thing like what problem this is my biggest issue with technology i wanted to solve a problem what problem is this necessarily solving this isn't amazon's job this is the service provider's job this is comcast's job this is but it's not comcast's job because if you have your own bandwidth coming in your house why the hell do you need to share it with someone that's got shittier bandwidth like that's on them to increase their so, but you know. sometimes these problems don't solve problems for these services don't solve problems for us bob they serve they solve problems for them for them, yeah, no, you're right. 
I yeah, mean, that I kind of bullet is, hey, make sure your ring never loses connection so you get all the videos from your doorbell, even if your internet drops or whatever, because it'll pay back off to somebody else's for it's, the time it's down. It's that internet socialism we got going on there. Just because I got a <laughs> crappy internet connection I get to take from my neighbor that's got the good stuff. I have, I'm surprised the owners of Ring, I don't remember which company they're part of now. Um, Amazon bought Ring. Amazon. Amazon. So I'm surprised yeah. Amazon hasn't bought Nextdoor. Because half of Nextdoor is just Ring videos. Nextdoor is... is I thought Reddit and Yelp was bad. Nextdoor puts that crap to shame because I have to I have to be the one of the administrators of my own neighborhood. Okay. And the crap we have to delete, like like people's personal business gets shared. Like there's a dog poo um, post like every other day. It's just what would be the podcast version of worst meatball sandwich ever, but for Nextdoor? Um. Oh my god. I don't know. NIMBY, not in my backyard. I don't know. <laughs> I do. Uh, we, we do. Uh, just on a side note, we do need to bring back Worst Meatball. Um, oh, maybe, maybe um, there's somebody I don't recognize walking down the street. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's not my color. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you know, oh, it's oh, so it, yeah. true. Yeah, there was that video the other uh, the other day that I saw out of Ch- I think it's out of Chicagoland area. Where these guys were uh, locksmiths and, you know, like s- six cops roll up on them, you know, and it's because of that thing. It's that, like, I don't know who that is, so I'm just going to, you know, freak out and call everybody. Yeah, because so professional been, uh, thieves would bring their toolkit and set it out on the porch in broad daylight. and Like hang out there with, like, yeah. their soda, like their drinks just, like, hanging out. Yeah. So our neighborhood, um, there's a bike path at the end of it that goes to Riverwoods Park in Auburn Hills. Um, so it's like that was, like, a cool feature going. They paved a little bike path built a little bridge so we can have immediate access. Well, halfway through that bike path is connected to a trailer park. And there's a Meyer trailer park to the right, Meyer to the left. So, you know, guess who walks through our neighborhood all the time, pushing shopping carts through and all that. So, yeah, neighbors all the time, like, just have field days. Like, and, you know, shopping cart gets pushed through, call the cops. It's like, well, they're not hurting nobody. Let them get through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But since it's a private neighborhood, you know. Yeah, I mean. Gotta- we just all text each other over here. I mean, I'm down in the city of Detroit. We, I, I mean, I love my neighborhood and they're great neighbors. Uh, but we just text each other and just like, hey, is this guy? Yeah, cool. You know, it's just one of those things we just and we all know that there's going to be people in and people out. You know, the real question is, is this guy on your porch? No, then screw it. It's not a problem. Like, we yeah, just, you know, we just have a whole different standard here. But, you know, it's a different, you know, the, the our neighborhood's a little bit different down here you know it's people who've been here a very long time in the city so you know you kind of know the difference between what's like a real issue versus like you know a shopping cart guy yeah Yeah, i've gotten you know for the record i've gotten my car broken into more times in front of my house which is my car is literally six feet from my front door than i ever have in the city of detroit so it's kind of like this you know everybody always talks about oh the city but like you know it's anywhere i don't get i don't care where you are Oh, I know. It just gets hyped up because people, you know, they, they get these ideas of what's going on. When you've got areas that have poverty, there's going to be challenges. Sure. So it doesn't matter where they are. Exactly. Um, this might be also a good time. Last story of, the, of uh, before we jump out is um, time to stock up on beef and pork, by the way, because apparently the world's largest beef and pork supplier got hit with ransomware. So not only are they going after uh, pipelines, now they're going after our meat um, so prices, I, I anticipate, just like everything else that's going on right now, is going to skyrocket. Prices uh, for everything are going up. I mean, it's not just houses, but all kinds of stuff is, is going up. And it's wonder. I wonder what they asked for in the ransomware. Do you happen to know? Because with the pipeline, we learned it's not about the gas. It was about billing for the gas. Yeah, they asked five million for that one. This one, they haven't. Um, they haven't done any. We haven't gotten the whole story yet. Usually, the story comes out in a couple weeks. Because mm-hmm. because right now every IT security salesperson in the Western Hemisphere is calling this company to uh, we can help you secure your network, um, buy our shit, you know you know how that goes. Tom um, Lawrence is racing down in his Tesla to meet them right now. He is he is you know if you use Lawrence Services you would have never have dealt with these problems. Right, call Tom Lawrence Lawrence Services. <laughs> He's probably right by the way. So <laughs> so Daily Detroit. Um, I'm just going to first off, not to blow your horn or toot your horn or whatever it is that works. Um, you, you, you did it and you keep doing it. Like the putting out a daily podcast, I can't imagine 
and having consistently decent content and decent guests and stuff to talk about has got to be, you know, I'm surprised you still have hair. Me and Randy don't, and we, you know, stories are pretty easy for us. But he <laughs> talked, you know, and, and this is a, this is a you thing. I know you got a couple helpers, but this is a, you know, talk to me about, you know, a, why you decided to dive in. I know there's, you know, a niche to fill, but besides that, and then, you know, keeping this thing fresh and going and still going, I think you, you've already outdone us in episodes and you just started. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're in the seven seventies or something. Oh like yeah, that you right doubled, now. almost doubled us up. Yeah, well, that's the magic of daily. But uh, I really appreciate that consistently decent tagline. I think that's what I'm going to use going forward because that's really yeah, what I go it. for. <laughs> daily Detroit, consistently decent. Yeah, rarely exceptional, but it doesn't really suck often. Just consistently the, decent. There was a bar I was at in Orlando. It said the okayest bar in Orlando, which I thought was a great tagline. <laughs> we're not the greatest. We're not the best. We're not world famous. We're just okay, we're, and we're fine with that. Well, you know, I hang out with you guys, so, you know, it suck less. It's just a version of it, consistently decent. Uh, sure. It fills a niche, I think, because you got to think about how people consume content. If you even think about what we put on our Facebook page and stuff like that, people will scroll through things, and they just want little bits of stuff, right? But when they listen to a podcast, they want to know more of a story. They want to get into what's happening. They want to learn what's going on in their community. And, and some of the sto- some of the episodes that do really well stun me. So, of course, the guy who saved the Hudson's elevator did well, right? But we did an episode on split tax rate reform in the city of Detroit, changing the property tax rates in the city. And it went gangbusters. And I'm sitting there going, this is great. And it's because you can't get that information anywhere else because a-, a lot of outlets aren't going to be able to give you 20 minutes to explain you know, that kind of proposal. Uh, you think about all the work going on with the Greenways. We recently had uh, Todd Scott on from the Detroit Greenways Coalition. You were mentioning bike paths. All the stuff happening in the region with that, you know, and, and really like the kind of revolution with it that's really drawing residents and drawing people. Why is why does it matter? How much money is being spent? Where is it going to go? Podcasts have the ability, as you know, Bob, to just connect with people in a very one-on-one way and i've heard crazy stories of you know how people listen to us that kind of stuff there's a a great story i love from just before the pandemic and it's one of my favorite memories where i was actually at uh my neighborhood bar and one of our listeners actually recognized my voice when i was closing out my tab and that turned into a night of fun that made a path through the temple bar uh with him and his dad who both listened to the show Every day. It's the one show they both can agree on. One's very, you know, conservative. One's very liberal. But they both can agree to listen to Daily Detroit. Well, and that's that's always been my take is once you draw a line, like kind of like Metro Times does, you know, being very left or like the news does with, you know, murder, 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 you know, weather, traffic, you know, murder, murder, murder. Um, oh, by the way, the Tigers lost. You know what I mean? Just like actually giving me stuff that I really want that I'm that I'm interested in. Like, let's be honest, like people want to know what's going on around them. People, you know, you can get, you can, you know, look out the window to get the weather, you know, but you know, you can sports, you can go on, you know, MLB.com, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, knowing about stuff like the tax reformer, knowing what's going around around the city, that's not the easiest content to find. Yeah. And, and we even get, we get into the suburbs too, you know, a couple of times we've had the city manager of Oak park or we get into, uh, stuff happening in you know Macomb County. Candace Miller, who does the uh, drainage commission, or, or I don't, I don't think she's a drainage commissioner. She's the head of the uh, Macomb County Public Works over there, and all the the stuff that's happening, you know, with that, and that ties into our waterways. So those are all important issues to to get into and know about, and also knowing picking your spots, right? Like I could spend the show all day, every day. I mean, I've learned, listened to other people try to do local stuff, and they're like, the weather is this, and the blah 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 is that. Reality is, if you want to know the weather, you got an app for that. If you want to know the score of the Tigers or even Detroit City FC, which we do a ton of coverage of DCFC, that's been a niche of ours, uh, you've got an app for that. You'll know the score right away. But what about the context? What about understanding it? What about the things to look forward to, you know, and how, how things are coming together in the league? Like, that's the kind of next level coverage that that we provide and the reality is and as much as it makes me sad as i love to read books and i grew up reading newspapers and all that kind of stuff people don't read anymore they just don't have the time they scan they look at things and if you look at a, a web page if you come to a web page from facebook 40 percent of people have no idea that they're not on facebook anymore they don't know your brand right but if they listen to a podcast they know what you're doing and love you or hate you 
they know you, right? They know mm-hmm. your voice. They know your cadence. You know, it makes me think of something my uh, dad used to say. He was an artist type, right? And he w- a muralist, and he would say, the worst thing you could do is say that my work is nice. I would rather you love it or hate it, but if you say it's nice, it means it didn't affect you in any way. It's a pro wrestling uh, analogy, Jer. Either boo me or cheer me, but don't you dare sit on your hands because that means I didn't do my job. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody yeah. wants to watch the boring the boring fight. And the challenge that we have is making these long-form things or these nerdy, these nerdy topics interesting. And so we do it with energy. We do it with guests. You know, you know me uh, and you know kind of the, the guest profile we do. Rarely do we do stars. I mean, we've done some. Uh, you know, we've had like Q from uh, Practical, you know, Practical Jokers, uh, which is not, you know, whatever. Uh, Roman Mars. Um, Kara Swisher, some, you know, bigger like names in podcasting, but we don't focus on those. We don't focus on pundits. We don't, you know, we don't want pundits. We want people who actually can bring expertise and make people a little bit smarter, right? Because everybody's got opinions. That's the key right there. That's why me and you haven't been on the show, Randy, or Randy has been actually. That's why I haven't been on the show because he makes you smarter. And it makes all, (laughs) all make sense now. All makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> you know what though uh you gave me the recommendation to big chief i did and uh, every recommendation food recommendation you do is very much on point especially when i wander up into uh your zone of the world i get trashed on all the time because everything is always my favorite or the best thing i ever ate like i don't know how to delineate like it's one of my top tens i always say oh dude it's the best sandwich ever so of course everybody's <laughs> like oh let me guess bob it's the best sandwich you ever had well, no, it's one of them. Well, everyone you have is one of them. But that's the only ones I talk about. Right. Like, you're not the kind of person who, like, posts the thing that's just – because that's the thing. And that's kind of the challenge about things like Yelp reviews is it's either one or five. I try to pay attention to the three or fours, but the ones or fives, it's like people love it or they don't love it. And I, I appreciate that you have come in there with positive energy as opposed to, to, to just slamming a place. I'd rather do that than – you know, just disassemble a place. The only time I'm going to disassemble a place is if they treat customers poorly. See, my yeah. problem with five stars is what's the difference between a three and a four? Like, it's very arbitrary. I'd rather yes or no, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you go back? Would you not go back? See, this, you have to, the distinction have to, between a three and a four star, just it's too personal. And your three star might be my five star or my four star, or your three star might be my two star. So just yes or no. Yes, I would go back or no, I wouldn't go back. I think it would be much easier to parse. Or if there's like a like the way Portnoy reviews pizzas, right? Like no one's getting a ten, which is kind of I think is kind of dumb because you know the best pizza should get a ten, but it's like you know it's in scales, you know what I mean? And everything's like a certain, you know, it's not just three, four, five. It's a three, one, a three, seven, a three, eight. That, that's completely different from you so know. So that's part of knowing the reviewer, right? And and Randy, that's kind of the context that I would add that can go past being just a Yelp review. If you're going to be a reviewer of something whether it's in a newspaper or on the on the radio or on a podcast or whatever, part of that is building that relationship with the audience to know, okay, these are the things that this guy picked that I like and these are the ones that don't. How do I sit in comparison to him knowing the kinds of things that he or she likes? And then, the one- and then matching that together, right? Like, like, Randy, I know you hate blueberries. <clears throat> you hate all things blueberry. He actually tanked an ice cream I was reviewing with a bunch of friends on air. He tanked an ice cream to number three because he hates blueberries so much. Randy. They're gross. They're How are they fruits. gross? Oh, they got a weird mealy texture. and It's got antioxidants. Just... It's healthy. I like other berries, just not blueberries. What I found out doing Meatball, reading those one stars, is we always looked at their history. Speaking of that, Jer. And what we always found out is everyone that left a one star, like a decent restaurant, always left a one star at a car wash. And at a McDonald's, which to me makes absolutely no sense because how could you screw up a car wash, like a like a three dollar car wash, and how do you screw up a cheeseburger and a coke? You know, unless you got your order wrong or whatever. But when I see what I see a lot of people do too is mess up their expectations. Like if I'm paying five bucks for something, I have none. Right? If I'm going to McDonald's, I, as long as it's like together, I'm good. Like I know exactly what I'm I'm going in for, and I think about that. When people like give negative reviews to say dive bars for the wrong, I mean, there can be reasons to negatively review a place, but when they give they it for gave a, me a, a plastic reason, cup, right? Well, where, where do you think you are? You right. know, right? Or when you walk in and knowing, like one of the great roles. So Devin O'Reilly, our man about town, who's on our Friday shows, has a great thing of like know the kind of drinks you're going into. If you're going to a bar, 
don't order three ingredient cocktails at a two ingredient bar. Don't in, old- don't don't order a craft cocktail at a place that serves you know uh, Jack and Coke. Yeah, it's the old post bar downtown routine. You know, if you dare ask for a martini or something like, well, we're three deep after a hockey game. Like, no. Next, what else? What else you want? Right. Like, you want a bottle of beer or do you want a shot out of the bottle? Like, or Jack and Coke. Next. Well, that's one of the great things is that I'm glad that the bar scene has kind of opened up a bit where there are different options to do. You know, we've got a couple of tiki bars now, which is great. We've got, you know, craft cocktail bars. We've got all kinds of things that depending on what your speed is and what you're feeling, you've got those. And I'm really glad to see that in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I want to get your take on it, because something that we haven't talked about in a while is the not really necessarily the divide but the whole old Detroit versus new Detroit and then Detroit versus the suburbs. Is it me or has that gone away? You know, so I think for some people they're really digging in, but I think for a lot of people, especially like downtown versus the neighborhoods, it doesn't play as well anymore. As one of the things I've noticed, just reading comments and getting listener mail, uh, like we've got to build up to a mayoral election here. And one of the candidates is very big on like Detroit downtown versus the neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is, is that everybody goes to work in one place and lives in another, or they have family in another place. Like it is not like Detroit's so sprawled. And the only way you get the, to places is by driving and everybody's everywhere. So it's really hard to have those divides, especially now that the demographics of the region have changed. You know, that eight mile divide isn't what it was. It is not the same at all. You know, you have a number of entering suburbs that are changing demographics. They're getting, you know, they're getting blacker. They're getting uh, more Asian. They're getting more Indian. It's not what it was 10, 15 years ago. It's just it's where people live have changed. You know, East Point has a black mayor now. I interviewed her on the show. You know, like things things are changing. And I think that's really hard for some people. Um, and so there's going to be people who dig in really hard around that. And I, I think also the city versus suburb or the that kind of divide thing. I think what it does is misses the context that we need to push the region forward. And the context is, is we're all one economic area. Like, you, 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 you know, you, you can't make money just doing one thing out of one little area. Like, that's just not how the real world works. I mean, there's always exceptions that prove the, the rule. But, you know, Bob, you don't you don't live in the same city that you work in. No, you know? same county, but yeah. Same county, but it's a long distance. That's the other thing to remember, too. Metro Detroit is sprawled out. Like, Ferndale to Auburn Hills is, is not like a short it, – it's not a short run. Well, you know, especially with 75 being a dumpster fire, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The permanent d- dumpster fire that is 75. Because, yeah. you know, it's going to be great whenever it's done, and it'll be done by the time that your kids are your age. And then the part that they fixed by me is going to be the trash part by the time Nine Miles fixed. You know? <laughs> it's like repainting a bridge. You just have to keep doing it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, but that was one of my biggest things I hated was this whole, like, old Detroit versus new Detroit. People staking claim because they just moved in two years ago from, like, Orion, and now they feel that they had ownership and – like don't don't demolish that building and build something new bad and now i think we're just seeing everyone's just kind of like enjoying the ride because like i'm not gonna lie you know you there's some areas like me going to wayne state in the early 90s um in the mid 90s you know like it's not the same like i have there's more than two bars i can go to which was alvin's and circa and z's now there's like a plethora of uh you know but I mean, it's like like Cass right now is like Rochester Hills. It's, it's it's insane. It is crazy, and I never thought I'd see those kind of moves. Uh, it's it's something where again, so it goes back to that context argument, right? You want to listen to Detroiters who have been here a while for their voices about what they really want in a neighborhood, and that's different than the people who get angry online. Right. And so that whole like moving in from Lake Orion and then shutting the door behind you. I've lived in the city for 20 years, so I've seen a lot of that. I've seen wave after wave. It's almost predictable now of that, of what you're talking about. Yeah. And what happens with that is it loses the context of, you know, I have neighbors down the street like um, one of my neighbors, uh, two doors down. uh, They had COVID. They were in the hospital for uh, 30 days with COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so the whole neighborhood rallied and did up her lawn and all the ways that she likes it. You know, she's a, you know, she's an elder and she's somebody that like, we check with her about what's going on. And if something's changing or, you know, around here, the talk is, can we get, can we get the speed bumps so that people don't, 
you know, do the drag racing or speed through the neighborhood because more and more kids are living through these areas, you know? Uh, that's the context that we really need. And that, you know, it feels good online uh, to take a really strong stand in one way or another. And the reality is, is that we need context and we need context of the people who are actually like living in neighborhoods and well, that's understanding what, uh, what's going on. I stopped reading r slash Detroit on Reddit because for the, for the simple reason I found out who posts in it. It's, it's those Lake Orion expats that have been here for like three, four years and they stake some weird claim on old Miami and this little, you know, like a little three block area. And they, they think that that's Detroit. And it's like, no, no, sorry. <laughs> the I've only been... people who can stake claim to old Miami are the veterans. Cause that's actually sure. people forget this. That's actually a veterans bar. Well, yeah, all this shit on the walls. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's oh pretty... yeah. Well, no, it's, like I have two, two theories on that. Usually it's either they want to, they want to like suck up to the cops because East Town Lounge was like that. It was all police patches and cops drank for free. They go because that's because you guys are doing some shady shit after hours, <laughs> <laughs> and you want to be polite. Yeah, I mean, I always get nervous about painting anything with like one brush, but yeah, it's something where the conversation about Detroit has kind of changed and hopefully gotten for the better with nuance and hopefully more voices, you know. And that's one of the things that we try to do is if people have got a, a dissenting opinion, uh, something that they don't like, something that they want to hear about, I'm always on air and ready to be like, all right, let's put them on and let's have a real conversation about it uh, and understand what's what what's going on, you know, because it's easy to simplify narratives and simple narratives share really, really well online, but they don't really push like conversations and policy and, and different things like that forward. And I know, I know that that isn't great for the algorithm. And that's part of the reason why we just podcasting to be real honest with you. Cause I know it works on the algorithm. I mean, you've seen like when we do stuff with our Facebook page or Twitter, Instagram, I know what works. Right. And it's a boiled down story. A hundred percent. I try to only stick to burger lists with that and patio lists. Like I don't try to use those tools when it comes to policy or something that's actually going to affect people's lives because we need to have those real conversations. And that's one of the reasons why I chose the podcasting format, because I realized what was happening in the greater world. It's uh, it's what it always intended to be that, you know, listen when you can, when you want. It's on your terms, not mine. Not, mm -hmm. you know. It's which I think is it's a beautiful thing. It's still my favorite medium, um, even though I don't listen to ten thousand shows. I listen to a small handful, but you know the ones I do, I'm I'm super. You know, and it's funny. I watch. Uh, I, I don't listen to Rogan. I watch him the, the the short clips on YouTube. Yeah, you know, just and I've been watching a ton of Andrew Schultz, which is podcast format, but now he's sitting in two chairs. Um, that that is a change in podcasting for sure because video. You know, people do consume a lot of content in, on YouTube, and it's a great way to drive people to what you're doing, even if you look at it and you go, ah, oh, you know, I got 100 views or a couple hundred views. Uh, and what's so crazy to me, and we've kind of started and stopped, we do it in batches because it's a ton of work, but uh, even uploading audio of the show to YouTube, people will discover it because it's a big search engine and then be like, oh, well, I'm just going to go follow the thing. Right. And so that's part of the, part of the challenge is uh, using the algorithm to uh, its, its best, you know, having the time to cut out of the clip like the Joe Rogan style clip, which, you know, that's kind of like the shorthand. But it just it's the kind of clip that works well on YouTube. Ten minutes, one topic. Boom. Share. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. Um, you brought up something I wanted to talk about. And I think it's a good segue into summer, especially with us going to Nancy Whiskey's for patios. Um, you know, and then with kind of the uh, Ferndale opening up booze in between places. And then I'm, I drove around uh, a couple of neighborhoods today and I just saw like there's more and more uh, knocking out four parking spaces and putting in new patios for like for street uh, bars and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the what are some of the new hot uh, patios going on in the city that we haven't seen last uh, the last couple of years? Yeah, well, I'm going to do, I think I want to talk about some of the new ones. And when I say new, I'm going to open up the window a little bit because we just had a pandemic and a bunch of people haven't gotten out. Uh, I was just going to say last year, but I remember we didn't do shit last year. So this No, is we did. We all just stared, <laughs> at, we just stared at computers all day, which is, by the way, what we're doing right now, huh? Um, <laughs> uh, so one of the ones I really want to recommend on the Far East Side, and listeners of the show will know I love the East Side, uh, is Coriander right there on the Detroit canals. If you wind your way all the way back uh, down Alter and go all around and go over the little bridge, there is this cool place that's in a former bait shop and 
dock and harbor, whatever, called Coriander. It's got beautiful food, and they've set out this wonderful patio right next to the canal, which I really consider kind of the Venice of Detroit. And it's just a great destination experience where you're like, am I in the city? Am I in a city? What am I doing here? But it's just a great experience, and everyone I know has just raved about it. And then, you know, Bob, we've met there before. Uh, You can go after for a a cheap cocktail at Marshall's on your way out. Ah, yes. Been there once or twice. (laughs) Once or twice. Uh, They they have a very different kind of outdoor experience out back that butts up against the start of the canal. See, that's Um, for me to get there when I had to go to Marshall's. I mean, that was, I think, an hour drive almost. Oh, yeah. You're on the other. You're in another another sector of town. For yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, it takes me a half an hour to get into the city, but it, like to get there, you know, I have to cut through 696 through Gross Point and, you know, go 94, go that way. Yeah. It's got to be like a uh, an, an outing where you're like, OK, I'm going to be here. This is where I am for the night. Yeah. I yeah. start out here and then I go over there. You know, I'm kind of uh, lucky being in the, the center of the city near Woodward where it's like you can just go. Up, up to you or up to up to whatever, you know, a little bit farther up. And this is an oldie but a goodie. I don't ever want to uh, miss talking about La Dolce Vita, which is an oldie but a goodie uh, at Six Mile and uh, Woodward. Woodward. Yeah, uh, because well, you just, don't know it's there. Right. But if you go on Sunday around brunch, there'll be about 47 Land Rovers out front and Lexuses. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell is there? Because we try we drove around eight times trying to find it. And it is not an easy place to find. No, no. And you're just going to look for an LDV and neon that's going to be on the uh, east side of Woodward, just south of Six Mile or McNichols. But us Detroiters, we call it Six Mile. Um, You know, another new one that's opened up just before the pandemic was the Congregation. It is a coffee shop and bar and also serves some light food. Beautiful, expansive wood patio uh, right next to the side of what used to be a church uh, right near uh, 12 and Claremont. And I know that sounds crazy to folks that 12th and Quer- Claremont, Rosa Parks Boulevard, is a place to do. But it is a place, and you need to go because it's great, and it's a great neighborhood. Uh, and it's beautiful on the inside with how they rehab the church. Uh, you've got your selection of cocktails. You could do your um, your canned drinks, as I know that Randy likes, that there are no laws when there are white claws. Or... Uh, uh- Oh, yeah. Outside. The, <laughs> the outside. Yes, the very good outside. Uh, won our fizz fight, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the other great thing about Congregation is they own the lot next door. And so it just opens all the way up with like 10 picnic tables that you can just expand out. It's just a beautiful city experience. Like it's just something that's just absolutely wonderful to see. Great crowd, diverse crowd, which I love, you know. It's it's really a gem that deserves your money. They do an absolutely great there, great job, and that again is at uh, just north of Claremont on Rosa Parks. So th- th- there's a, a couple there. There's also one near Eastern Market called Collect, uh, right above Bunny Bunny, uh, which is a great rooftop space to check out. And then of course, and it opened again close to when things uh, shut down. But uh, have you been to the Monarch Club? That's what I was just gonna say. I remember that. I remember there was a really cool rooftop bar, and it was right before the pandemic hit, and I yep. had never been. Yep. Well, we'll have to meet up at the Monarch Club, sir, because it is amazing. It's excellent cocktails. Randy, you need to come along. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Because uh, they do great job with cocktails, and the views of the city are unmatched. Like it's cool to go up, and I do enjoy the restaurants at the top because uh, there's like two concepts now at the top of the Renaissance Center, and that is a cool view. But the Monarch Club being outside, being right next to all of this beautiful architecture, right? Because the Monarch Club is actually at the top of the Metropolitan Building, which used to be uh, making, used to basically be a hub of jewelry, watchmaking, all of that stuff. The building is from, you know, 100 years old or whatever. You go to that top part and you see up close this amazing artistic detail and you're just looking at the city and you're just blown away and the service is great the drinks are solid uh you know really good happy hour option something like that on a weekend it can get really busy and there's also even a place when if it uh, gets colder or rains or whatever there's another like crow's nest that you can actually go up another level that's indoors in a little tower and the views are just you're not gonna find any i mean it's the best way to spend 20 bucks and see the city yeah, that was uh, we were just in Orlando, and there was a sky. It's amazing when you're in a just a sky bar, 
just how everything just changes. Like Chicago is really known for them. There's they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the scene in Detroit that we could use three or four more. Just to be just to be candid, maybe Hudson's building will have one. Who knows what what they're going to do with that space? But they got to do something with it up there, right? I mean, it's going to happen. It's rising. I know there there people are saying that wondering how tall it's actually going to be in the end. But something's happening there. They're doing work. I see it, you know, every week when I go down there for, for different things. Is the top uh, floor of the Renaissance Center still going? Yeah. Randy, you were over there. I didn't do the review. You you were over there, right? Yeah, it's a couple of concepts. Uh, currently, it's Highlands, which is like an upscale steakhouse. Uh, they have High Bar, which is cocktail bar. And then currently closed is Hearth, 30, uh, Hearth 71, which is kind of like their sandwiches, uh relaxed dinner option um, but that concept is not currently open because of the pandemic needs um, to spin again make that happen randy millions of dollars to repair the mechanism so it's not an option damn it wow. dang yeah. it well we could just walk really slowly yeah, yeah or we could get somebody laps. to we could just push some get a, like what they could do is they could get rolling tables and then just have somebody just kind of push you a little bit I, i'm down for that but it's yeah, kind of like when you build a, a whirlpool in a pool I'm afraid of heights, but the view up there is so high up that my fear of heights doesn't really kick in. Like it's just so going high. up the elevator can eat my ass. The, oh, the, the my glass ears elevator. Hate the elevator, but yeah, yeah. And going up the elevator sucks, but once you're up there, it's fine. Oh yeah, I'm completely fine with that too. But the the one thing that I will never do though in uh, Chicago is is step up on that little thing that sticks out. I think it's the uh, Hancock Tower. Oh, what did is- you see the pool in London that goes between two uh, skyscrapers? No. And it's got a transparent bottom. Yeah, I'll give you a transparent bottom. Um, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, like- no, no, <laughs> no sky deck, no transparent pools. Even when I went to the state capitol, I didn't like walking on the glass floor. So, would you do the the monarch because the the walls are very tall around around the edges? Yeah, I think I would do the monarch. It seems okay. Yeah, I mean, you could be a, a ways back, but yeah. like also the 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 the, the um. The concrete, or not the concrete, the stonework yeah. will literally come up to here or higher. Yeah, and also it's like got a solid, you know, 13 floors underneath it. So it's not like it's just sitting on a tree branch or something. Yeah, and what's cool about it too, it's one of those uh, buildings because so many, because of downtown Detroit's uh, wacky street la- layout that Augustus Woodward put together, uh, it's one of those buildings left over that's actually shaped like pie. Everybody likes pie. I love pie. Exactly. But Randy doesn't love blueberry pie. I feel like we should send one to his house. Bob, are you in for that? Yeah. Ackett's, pie Ackett's. a day. We don't like blueberry Ackett's pies. There's something wrong. Um, so I guess, you know, wrap things up. I know I, we got to bring back Bob's burgers, by the way. I got like 10,000 things I want to say to you. Because um, <laughs> that was fun. We only did one of them. Um, and I think that needs to be a thing. We need to do like a, one a week. Um, find a place that's got burgers, but the problem is I want to trash a few places and I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> that have lousy burgers, so maybe we'll shelve that one. Well, I think I think it's great to do to do whatever, and even if it's highlighting some of the places, people are going to want to know where to go, and that's one of the biggest response uh, requests we have. Just like uh, so, as we're recording this, there's uh, another DCFC home match in uh, Hamtramck coming up tomorrow, and one of the biggest things with with listeners was. I want to get back out there. Where can I do the pregame? Where do I go? And people mm-hmm. have forgotten that muscle memory. You know, they've been they have been off the grid for a long time because you know that thing happened and everything happened. What was it? March? Everything went to hell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And but that was just as we were coming out of winter, right? So you not only had the pandemic, but then you had a lot of people who were not out and about for winter or much more restrained because this is. This is a winter area, right? Well, don't like, forget the uh, DCFC games. You have the greatest sandwich in Metro Detroit, literally right around the corner at the Balkan House. Oh, yeah. The donor if, kebab. If, if, listen, anyone listening to this, if you've not had a donor kebab, get right with your life. From the improve, Balkan House. Right, from the Balkan House. Improve your life right now. Right with now. Two, with two locations to serve you. Right. Um, and this is not an ad. This is just that good of it's the best is sandwich. sandwich? Yeah, it's like, well, it's like I a, a sandwich. Yeah, it's like okay. a pita pita with a with a non bread type of thing. There's nothing I've never had a better sandwich. the The Portillo's Italian beef with hot peppers dunked in the au jus might be a set close second place, but this is this is my favorite sandwich in town, hands down. How how, how goose are you about the Portillo's? Because that actually I think would be in a decent shot to you, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 15 minutes down 59. I've been there at least once a week since it opened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, the renderings of it uh, remind me a little bit of, uh, have you been to Ford's Garage down yep. in Dearborn? Yep, very close. Yeah, yeah. They did That's a nice job. place to check out. The drive-thru is packed every time you go by. Um, we just drove by the Golden Butthole this past weekend, uh, <laughs> family, and uh, yeah, packed drive-through. Um, Chick-fil-A still has a 35, 40-minute wait. Like it's just three deep all the way back in the park, destroying the this plaza that you know all the stores in there. But yeah, I I I'll be the first for a number of reasons. I'll be the first one to go. I don't understand Chick-fil-A, but people love it i don't it's not me no it's be it was remember when sonic came to michigan and you couldn't get into a sonic and then like it all and now goes, a bunch of sonics have closed haven't they like the yeah, one in downtown royal they're, oak's they're, gone because their food sucks um i only went yeah. there for tater tots i love tater tots yeah well you know cherry limeade you know that, that's you know that's why you went um right. but yeah that, that was a novelty that's gone just, this stuff comes and goes i remember bw3s it was like that new hotness oh you couldn't yeah get in. Now mm-hmm. and nobody cares. You know, Chick Fil A will go through the same thing where it just—it's because just they got rid of one of the W's. Because yeah, because everybody knows what whack is. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's still going to be B Dubs to me. But um, Jer, we'll, uh, we're going to cut you loose. I can't. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the for the great content for the time tonight. Of course, my pleasure. Anytime. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure, and uh, glad to uh, share a drink with you. Uh, to many more podcasts and episodes for you, sir. Yeah, no, this is, like I said, this was tough to jump back in, but, uh, you know, thanks to you and Caston and, you know, Tom and, you know, great, having great people kind of, and Randy kind of supporting it. This is, uh, you know, this is something I, I absolutely had a passion to love doing. So I'm, I'm happy to continue it. Um, and then we'll look forward to seeing you, uh, Nancy whiskeys for our meetup. Yeah. What date is that by the way, for listeners? Third Thursday in June. So I have no maybe, idea what the exact date is. I'm, I'm so prepared. 17th. 17th. June 17th. June 17th. There it is. All right. But you can find Jer anywhere at dailydetroit.com um, or on the Facebooks and on the Twitters and all that other stuff. Just Daily wherever, Detroit. Wherever fine or not so fine podcasts are found. Um, yeah, that's uh, to be debated because a lot of them uh, don't exist anymore. There's a... <laughs> Remember, we are consistently decent. You are consistently decent, which I'm completely fine with. So, hey, this is going to wrap things up for this uh, episode 397 of the IT and the D Show. I'd like to thank Randy for producing. I'd like to thank Jeremiah for the great content. On behalf of myself, I did that completely backwards. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. <laughs>